Oh, hello, hello, welcome, 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 hello, hello, welcome. Glad you could make it. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com, and we do this live stream every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. For you on the East Coast, that would be 9 p.m. Pacific 6. <laughs> Why it takes so long for me to figure that out. <laughs> and uh, everywhere else, we're at 8 o'clock in the United States. So welcome, glad you could all make it. Hopefully the sound is all good. I did make some adjustments, so let me know if there's anything funky going on with the sound. And uh, I've got cool stuff today. Um, really cool stuff. Before I get to the cool stuff, though, I have to get to a bad thing, which is um, my Celestial Pearl Danio tank. I found ick in it a couple days ago. Luckily, I found it early enough that I didn't ship any of them out this week, but I did ship a lot out last week. Hopefully, I sent them to you uh, before any of this started happening and you don't have any problems, but I do want to let you know if you got Celestial Pearl Danios from me last week and you have problems, it, it, it's probably that. Now, I didn't notice it till just a few days ago, um, but often those types of problems can be happening for a while before they actually manifest and you see them. So if you got CPDs from me last week, I apologize. I had no idea there was anything going on, but I did find ick in that tank a couple days ago. So keep an eye out for it. Little white spots all over the fish. And if you see it, um, ick X or Mardell Quick Cure will cure it. Um, it'll take several days, um, but it, it'll cure it and it, it doesn't destroy the tank or anything like that. So that's been working well for me to treat it. Um, so hopefully nothing happens again. Hopefully they got sent to you before any of this developed, but just in case I did want to put it out there because a lot of people got them from me. And if you have a problem, um, it's on me this time. So I apologize for that. I honestly, I had no idea if I would have known um, I would never have sent them, but you can't always know, I guess, what's going on with the fish just by looking at it. So I hate to have to report that, but um, that that did happen and you should know and be prepared just in case. Now, another thing that I screwed up on this week is I accidentally earlier today posted the thumbnail for next week's live stream, which is I'm giving away some uh, Sturby Corys, six Corydoras Sturby. And I, I accidentally clicked that thumbnail instead of the one for this week. So if you're here for the Corridor Stairby, I apologize. That was a mistake. That's next week. Um, and unfortunately, that's the one that got all spread around all the social media and stuff earlier this morning before I realized it. And I went and changed it. But that change didn't always reflect on the posts I had put out earlier. Some of them still, even though... It still showed the other one, even though the link links to the rice fish one. So no corridor store by giveaway this week. I, I apologize. I just accidentally clicked on the wrong thumbnail and didn't even register till later in the day. Um, what we are doing today, though, is pretty exciting. We're doing a giveaway of some um, Orizius wawari. That's the daisies rice fish. One of the most pretty of the rice fish that is available currently in the aquarium hobby. Nice iridescent blue sheen and some nice orange on the fins of the males. They're, they're pretty little fish. And these are hobbyists bred and raised by Seth, who just started a store 
at getgills.com. Let me show you this. His store is called Because You're Fish. It's new. He's just starting out, but he has a few items available. Some Gelidochromus transcriptus. Um, specific location is, what is that? Kisi Bemba? Is that Kisi? Kissy. Let's say kissy because it's funner, more fun. Um, some peppercorries, some shrimp, and some Daisy's rice fish. So um, Seth, because he's launching his store, reached out to me and asked if he could do a giveaway today. And I said, of course, because that's a win for me and a win for him. So Seth will send you um, six juvenile tank rays by him. Um Arisius Wawari, if you win the giveaway today. So thanks again, Seth, for doing that. And so to enter the giveaway today, wait, did I not share that? I brought it up and I didn't share it, huh? I think I forgot to share it, but it's here. It's called Because You're Fish, and here's the items he has available. I'm sorry, I think I forgot to share that, but here's his logo, cute little Corydora, blue background. Um, so if you would like to win that, then um, just type in hashtag Wawari are awesomely amazing. Okay, that's hashtag Wawari are awesomely amazing. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to see Candy's reaction. <laughs> that would be impossible to type. The hashtag is just rice. Okay, I think we can do that. Hashtag rice. That's it. Um, Candy called me out last week for doing a bad hashtag, so I just thought I'd make a joke out of it. Sorry, Candy. Sorry if I made your heart stop. <laughs> we'll worry are awesomely amazing. Yeah, good luck with that, huh? Hashtag rice. That's it. That's it. So, um, <laughs> okay, good. I see people are doing hashtag rice instead of trying to figure out the impossible one. Um <laughs> I've been thinking that all week. Sorry. Um, so that's the giveaway. Um, thanks again to Seth from Because Your Fish Store on GetGills.com for uh, providing today's giveaway. Shipment report. So I'm happy to report. Let me just check email real quick and see if anything else came in. But so far, we're 100%. Nothing else came in to tell me differently. So as far as I know, uh, everything this week arrived alive and in good shape. I haven't heard any differently. So that's awesome. That's what we want. And I have to tell you this overnight uh, delivery with FedEx priority. Um, we always did well, even with like USPS priority and other slower, cheaper services. But my, uh, my anxiety level is much less with this overnight delivery service. So I know it costs more stuff, but I'm sleeping better. So that makes it worth it. Um, all right. To me anyway. Something else I'd like to bring up. I was on uh, Kayla's Aquatic Stream earlier today lurking um, while I was cleaning tanks. I'm getting everything ready for the import this weekend. And I heard something on the stream that I did not know, which is that there is a GoFundMe for Nathan, Sand Creek Aquatics, um, to help with, I, I believe, a headstone or memorial stone to help fund that. So if one of the mods would link that, I'm happy to support that and let everyone know that's here. Nathan from Sand Creek Aquatics, um, as I'm sure most of you know, passed away recently. And so this GoFundMe is to help his um, family, um, his loved ones, uh, get a, a headstone or memorial uh, stone for him. So if the mods would link that um, a few times during the stream tonight, 
um, I'd like to do my bit to help Nathan out. So um, for those that didn't know, you, know him, he was a member of the Fish Fam. Uh, awesome guy. Was a frequent visitor here at the Fishmonger livestream. Um, was active in chat and is missed. So thanks, Bob Kaler, for mentioning that in your stream because I, I was unaware of it before. So I appreciate knowing about that effort. Okay. Last two things before I get to questions and comments. Oh, no, I need to talk about the Daisy's rice fish a bit. Let me talk about the fish that we're giving away. I forgot to do that. So there's, there's one major thing I want to clear up with rice fish, and that is temperature. So we all like to do summer tubbing, right? Little patio ponds and things like that. And what we're often looking for when we summer tub are fish that can take cool temperatures. So we can put them out earlier in the spring and bring them in later in the fall. So rice fish are often recommended for this because there are species of rice fish that can take it down to freezing. As long as the water doesn't freeze over, they're fine all winter long. These are your uh, madakas, the Japanese rice fish. Okay, But I do want to make this clear that wawarei, the, um, the daisies rice fish, cannot take it cold like that. In fact, a, a lot of rice fish cannot. The Indian rice fish... Um, the, a, a lot of the species come from India, Indonesia, really tropical, hot, warm climate. So the temperature range for Daisy's rice fish is the low 70s on up to 80 degrees or the low 80s, that your typical uh, tropical fish temperatures. So I just want to clear that up because I would hate for someone to be like, oh, I want to win these for my patio pond and then have trouble in the fall. Or if you're in Washington, if you're Bob Steenfot, have trouble right now, because apparently it's still 40 degrees at night over there. Um, so these are fish that likes tropical temperatures. They come from Sulawesi, uh, which is a nice, warm, tropical island. In fact, um, part of this import that is happening this weekend, and I'll tell you about in a minute, are two species of rice fish that I've never seen in the hobby before. And they each come from lakes that are in the typically in the low 80s. So there are a lot of rice fish that need it warm. So there's a distinction between the Japanese rice fish, the madaka, which can totally go cold, and most of the other species. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, the other thing is just how amazing these are. They're extremely hardy. I found babies today. I'm not trying to breed them. I have a, a small group that um, I got. Is Pam here? Um, Punchy Paints, if you're here, how long ago did I sell you the rice fish? I had them for a while before that. I think it's been at least two, two and a half years, maybe three years since I've had these adults. So they live for a while and they're still breeding. I found more babies today and I'm not doing a thing. I'm not trying to breed them. Babies just appear. There's babies in the plants or eggs in the plants. And like when I move algae covered plants from that tank to the scud tank, so the scuds can eat off all the algae and clean up the plants for me. Um, I often find babies in the scud tank. So really simple to breed. They breed like killifish more or less. They're a mop spawner, really durable, fairly large eggs. 
And the difference is the female lays them all at once. And we all know they carry them around like a grape cluster on their vent and then scrape them off on the plants. That's, that's kind of like their claim to fame, right? Their neat breeding behavior. But anyway, the eggs are super hardy. They're fairly large, tough shelled. You can handle them if your hands are clean. Um, you're probably not going to smash them or anything. The babies are large enough at hatching to eat baby brine shrimp. And when I do try to breed these, I can literally get a batch of 500 and raise them up. Uh, they grow fairly quickly, uh, feed them baby brine shrimp, lots of water changes, and they're super hardy. They're not a fish where you get a lot of deaths in the fry. So if you're a beginner and you want to start trying an egg laying species, let's say you've done guppies and platies and that normal stuff, and you're ready for the next level, it's probably mop spawners, killifish and rice fish and things like that because they lay large eggs and the fry are easy to raise because they eat baby brine shrimp right away. And this particular species, again, the fry are really hardy. If you keep the water clean, you can raise up a lot of them and they grow fairly quickly. So I really like these guys. They're peaceful. They top out at a little over an inch, even the full grown ones, inch and a quarter. Some would be huge for them. Um, but they are kind of a deeper bodied fish. So they don't feel tiny, but they're a good little nano fish, super peaceful. I don't think they bother anything. And again, of the rice fish species currently available in the hobby, this one is one of the prettiest. So just a quick overview, diet, they'll eat anything. They're an omnivore. And they are one of those fish that if you're not feeding them, they'll find something to eat. They'll find algae and detritus and things. And I know this because when I withhold food from them to ship them, and then I put them in the bag, they're massive poopers. And I'm like, what did you eat? I wasn't feeding you. Well, they just find different stuff. They'll eat almost anything. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't feed them, but I'm just saying they're an easy fish to feed. They'll eat anything, a true omnivore. And um, I think that's it, about it for them. One of the best of the rice fish we have available. All right. So with that, I can move to the next thing, which is the import update. So as those of you that follow me know, I've been working on an import from Indonesia for many, many months. It all got derailed due to COVID, um, but they're coming this weekend. As far as we can tell, they've been booked on the flight. Everything's in order. All the parties that need to be involved are agreed and um, it should happen this weekend. The only thing that would make it not happen is if the flight's canceled for some reason, a mechanical failure on the airplane or horrible weather or something like that. But it should happen. So I will be driving to, to Denver this weekend. Um, my plan is to take off Friday, hopefully get there in the early to mid afternoon, but it could be late in the evening. Basically, I'm not going to leave until I have confirmation that they got on the airplane and took off because I don't want to drive all the way to Denver to find out, oh, never mind, it's been delayed for a week or <laughs> never mind, it couldn't ship for some reason, right? So it depends on when I get the notification from the exporter that they've actually been accepted by the airport. But at that moment, I will take off. I don't know if that will be early in the morning, late in the morning, afternoon, nighttime, but my hope is that I know fairly early in the morning and I can leave, uh, get to Denver in six to eight hours, depending on how fast I take it and if I stop along the way and um, see some folks down there. So I'm excited to see Priscilla. I want to tour her store 
and um, if possible, maybe see her new shrimp setup. Um, hopefully, I can see Mikey Trevor from Mile High Plecos as well. And if anyone here listening is in the Denver area, let me know if you have a fish room or a friend with a fish room or know of a cool store we could go visit. I would love to meet up with you and uh, go do that. So let me know, dan at dansfish.com if you're in the Denver area and um, are free this weekend. So anytime from Friday afternoon through evening and pretty much all day Saturday. So the shipment is either going to arrive on the last flight Saturday night or the first flight Sunday morning. So I'm not quite sure, but most of Saturday will be free. I wanted to see Greg Sage again. Unfortunately, um, schedules won't work out. Greg's unavailable, but um, but hopefully Priscilla and Mikey and anyone else, just let me know. If you're in the Denver area, um, hopefully we can make something happen. I want to make a good trip out of it. Or if you know of any really cool stores, um, even if you can't meet up or whatever, let me know. I'd like to go see him. I'm, there was a wholesaler in Denver. I don't know if there still is, but if there is, I'd love to go see those guys um, if that's possible. So looking for stuff to do, basically. All right. So that's the latest. Oh, I did have one scare yesterday. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. I got an email from the exporter that says, hey, the money hasn't landed in my account. And I was like, what are you talking about? I, I like I wired the payment like two weeks ago, maybe three. It's been a long time. And so I was like, what? This is bad. So what happens when you pay these guys is you tell your bank to wire funds to their bank, but there's like four entities that have to shake hands and make it happen. The bank doesn't actually do it. The bank says, okay, and does some paperwork that's sent to an entity in the United States, an agency that, um, a company that specializes in this. They send the information to a company in the country you're sending the money to, which does the same thing, which then communicates to your exporter's bank. So there's these four entities that all have to shake hands. In this case, it just took them a while. Um, So normally what happens is when you place the wire transfer, you get documentation from your bank saying, here's the transfer, here's when it was sent, here's where it was sent from, and where it is sent to. And you send that to the exporter and then the exporter is like, okay, and then they'll ship the fish. Um, This exporter, because this is my, this is a new supplier. This is my first time with them are waiting until the money actually hits the bank, which I I totally understand. No problem. But it usually doesn't take this long. It's been literally weeks. And so I got the email from him yesterday and I was like, oh man, it's not going to happen, is it? It's just not going to happen because I don't have direct control over that. Once I've sent it to the bank, then it's these other companies and the agencies, let's call them, um, that have to make, work stuff out. And I don't even have their contact number, right? I can't get a hold of them. But luckily, he emailed me like literally a few minutes later and was like, oh, never mind. It's, it's, it's there now. So it, it, it's all good. But that was a scare, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> I've been working overtime. Well, I always work overtime. I've been working hard to get everything cleaned up and in order so that uh, they're, they all have nice tanks to land in and everything goes well. So if I did all that work and then it's like, never mind, it's going to be another month. I, oh, 
So anyway, the good news is it, it looks like it's really going to happen. So that's it. That's what I have for you today. It's exciting times here. I don't have anything new that came in because I've been um, holding all the tank space possible for this import that's coming this weekend. And um, so I don't have a whole lot to report on that front. Oh, one cool thing is today I pulled a whole bunch of steel blue Episto Fry that I've been growing out. They're uh, the biggest ones, about half an inch or so, maybe a little bigger, and moved them to a larger grow out tank. So in a few weeks, we should have a whole bunch of uh, hobbyist bred and raised steel blue Episto's that were bred right in this tank behind me. So I'm pretty excited about that. Episto's are fun to raise. Now I think that's it. Let's see here. Hopefully I didn't miss anything. Probably did. Uh, once again, if you're just joining us, the giveaway tonight is six um, Arisius wawari, the uh, daisies rice fish that is provided by, if I could get it to work, by Because Your Fish, a new store um, on getgills.com run by Seth. And uh, to enter that, hashtag rice if you would like to win six hobbyist bread and raise um wawari rice fish all right so on to your questions and comments i did remember to switch to live chat before this stream started so that's two weeks in a row i deserve a pay raise um or maybe i just won't get fired let's settle with that <clears throat> um so let's get to your uh questions and comments. So I'm going to scroll up and see what the first one I can see is. Before I do that, Jay Oliver's Guppies and Aquatics sent me a super chat of a dollar. Thanks, Jay Oliver's. I appreciate it and didn't even leave a comment. It was just throwing money at me and not requiring anything. That's awesome. Thank you so much. New Mexico Aquatics throwing down $4.99. Thank you so much. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. All right. The first... See, I know. Oh, wait, it shows top chat for you guys? No way. Let me show you what I'm looking at. There it is. See, I'm in live chat. I'm, I'm really in live chat. This is what I'm looking at. I don't know why it makes it seem like it's in top chat there, but, but this is what I see. Um, anyway, the, the first one I can see, if you'd make your questions and comments at Dan's Fish so it gets bright and orange like this, then... I can see it and I'm more likely to get to it is I am Sugar Hill. So let me get back to this. I am Sugar Hill says Scuds and Daphne culture tank. Any thoughts? Um, I love Scuds and I actually yesterday added a couple thousand Daphnia to my 75 gallon Scud tank. It's full of green water. I think they're going to do really well. That being said, um, I, I don't see them anymore. So hopefully they're still in there. Hopefully they're doing well, but, um, I'll be able to report more on that, uh, soon, but I think it'll work great because the scuds are benthic feeders and the, um, Daphne are like plagic feeders. So the scuds are going to go on the surfaces and scrape all the algae and stuff off any surface, all the biofilm, all that stuff. The Daphnia will feed in the water column itself, and I don't think they'll compete for food, and I think it'll be a match made in heaven. So if they lived, um, again, I put them in. I checked them later yesterday, and I saw some Daphne. I checked this morning. I couldn't see any, but it's a green water tank, and it's like you, you can see maybe an inch into the tank. So 
Hopefully they're in there and doing well. I'll let you know in a few weeks how it goes. They'll have a better idea at that time. So hopefully they do great. My thoughts are that it's going to be amazing, but we'll see. We'll see. KP, thank you for the super chat. I leveled up one up with the hippo chomp. Thank you, KP, for the $2 super chat. I appreciate it very, very much. Thanks for the support, folks. What's this? Melifex Farm? <laughs> now we just need a Pimafex Farm and we'll be all set. Okay, scrolling down, looking for questions and comments. Wow, there aren't so many so far. This might be a quick stream tonight. There's one. Skippers Aquariums, when you ask Dan a question, make sure you type at Dan's Fish. Yes, that would be super helpful. Mega Mindy Lou, hey! Good to hear from you. Is there a max temp you won't ship fish to? It's been over a hundred here and I'm afraid to order I'm afraid to order fish. Nope. Um I've never found it necessary to hold fish for temperature, except for on very rare occasions. But no, uh it's not a problem to send them hot. I've got good insulation, I have cold packs, and I have quick delivery. So you should be good. So far, where did I ship? Hang on, let me let me just one second. So last week I, sh- I shipped somewhere that was, I think, 105. And this week um, I shipped, let me just look. That one's 91. This one was 79. Man, Michigan, you had great weather. 91. There was one in here, I swear, that... Um, it was like 110 or something, and it went well. I want to get a real number here, though. 92. There it is. Yeah. So this one went to Arizona. The low was 85. The high was 110. Um, and that was Corridor's Adolfi and some platies, and everyone made it in great shape. So as long as you have the right packaging to like nice insulation and cold packs and quick delivery should be good. So, um, the only other thing I would say is that it can be helpful to have them held at your local uh, facility. So if you have a local FedEx facility, and by the way, the shipment last week, there were a few that went to hot places last week and the shipment this week were not held. So even if you can't do this, it, it's usually fine. But but as an additional level of safety or caution, if you do have a facility where you can have them held, let me know in the notes on your order. And when I send them to you, I will mark them to be held at your location. What that means is that they won't go on a truck for delivery out in the heat. And you can go at 9 or 10 a.m. whenever your local FedEx office opens and pick them up in the morning. And so they'll be in a, you know, temperature controlled somewhat at least warehouse and you'll get them in the morning for sure. So they don't potentially sit on a hot truck all day. Most of the deliveries, because I ship overnight priority are supposed to get to you by 10 AM. There's some locations where it's noon. And then there are some locations that are so far off the beaten path that um, it's, it's by 8 PM. 
So as a level of insurance, if you want to have them held, just make sure your local facility does that. And then in the notes, let me know to hold them and I'll do that. But again, it's not strictly necessary. It's just another layer of precaution. Bathy Phila, hey, good to hear from you, Bathy Phila. I feel like it's been a minute. What rice fish species are you bringing in on the latest import? Let me show you. Any chance that you'll get some Aplochylus blockii in the foreseeable future? Also, is Nigeria still locked down? Um, I'll show you the rice fish species in just a second. Let me start pulling those up because I'm going to have to get into a drive and bring all that up. So just one moment. Um, yep, it's not here. So... Okay. Nope, that's not the one. Sorry, folks, just give me half a second so I can find this um, document. Here it is. This should be it. Yeah, this this will do it. And it's a long list, so just let me find them here. Oh, wait, I need, sorry, I need the list that has the actual, um, the scientific names on it. Okay. Sorry about that, but this should be worth it because these are awesome. Okay. Here we go. So the first one is Orizius profundicola. Um, let me bring you a picture of that. And the other one is Eurysius montanensis. Okay, hang on. I got to figure out how to spell that. Matanensis. Mata. Google's not finding it. Mata. There it is. Okay. So let me show you these. Here they are. This is Orizius profundicola. Um, really cool rice fish that I've never seen in the hobby before. And I'm excited to bring in with these bright. So it reminds me a little bit of a warare with the color scheme, except for instead of red or orange, it's yellow. Um, yeah. And then the other one is this one. This is the Matanensis. Kind of got these uh, dark bars on it. So I've never seen either of these in person before. Um, I just saw that they were available and I knew I'd never seen them and that I wanted to. So I don't actually have a good sense. There's not a ton of information available on these guys. Um, I know 
well, I research, I don't remember, but I, I know the lakes they come from. I know the parameters of the lake water and all that. So I've got tanks set up for them. I think they'll do just fine. I've been in communication with the exporter. And by the way, this is an exporter that actually often goes out and, and, and collects. It's not someone that just amalgamates. There's some of that going on too, I'm sure. But um, they they're, they know the environments, they go out, they collect them, they know the locations, all that stuff. So it's a pretty cool find. But anyway, been in contact with him about parameters, what to keep them at, what, what he finds them at in the wild, things like that. So I'm hopeful I, um, that, that they'll arrive and do well. Never tried them before. It could be a disaster. There might be a reason they're never available in the hobby. Maybe they're just super sensitive and no one can keep them alive. Maybe there's one of those fish and they do exist where you catch them in a net, put them in a bucket and, and just, they can't handle it. They're just gone real quick, right? There, there are fish like that, but I don't think so. Um, the exporter says they do fine for him. And so um, hopefully they'll, they'll do well, but I'm really excited about them because I've never seen them before. And then any chance you get some Aplicylus blockii, I have some right now, uh, Bathyphilus, so I've got some. They're going through quarantine. Um, and basically, they came in with problems, and so I've been babysitting them for a couple months, and actually, they're probably pretty close to being shippable. There hasn't been any problems for a few weeks. Um, so as soon as this new import is through quarantine, I'll probably list the blockii as well. So I do have some right now. And as long as no unforeseen problem occurs, um, as long as there's not a recurrence of the problem they were having, which was uh, some kind of bacterial infection, I think I have it all taken care of, but I want to be sure. And sometimes that just takes time. And then is Nigeria still locked down? Um, as far as I know, Nigeria is still locked down, but I, I'm not going to be able to get fish from Nigeria till the winter now. And the reason is, is even if Nigeria is open around June, their wet season starts, their rainy season, all the rivers and streams flood and it just becomes this massive body of water basically. And it's impossible to collect fish in that situation. So almost none of the fish um, from Nigeria are available during the rainy season. And unfortunately, we're now in the rainy season. That will taper off, um, oh, around November, December. Um, so it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while before Nigeria happens, even if it opened up tomorrow. There's no way that the collectors can collect the fish. So Nigeria is going to be a long time because we missed the cutoff for the wet season. Bentley Pasco, define area. I'm sure that is super witty and was amazing when it was posted. But I can't remember what we were talking about. So, <laughs> oh, define area as in the Denver area. Yep. It's just a quick bounce up to Seattle. Sure. <laughs> Bentley. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Rick Stidham. Do you have both sexes of the black tiger Dario? I believe I do. I've been sexing them for people and I haven't heard any complaints yet that all the females I sent turned into males. There's always that possibility though. But if you put in the notes that you want females, I believe I have plenty. The reason I say believe is that is a fish that I can never tell for sure if the female's a female or is a subdominant male or just a, um, 
sleeper meal. And I know I'm about to get some comments of people that say, you just look at this and you just look at this and you just look at that. And I think I've heard all the methods now and none of them, I'm not confident enough in any of them to guarantee the sexes. So if you do it, if you want sexes of the black tiger Dario's, um, let me know in the notes on your order. I believe I have plenty of females and I can do that. However, please realize it's, it's a gamble. I, I never guarantee it, but I will say uh, there was someone two weeks ago that no last week, last week or two weeks ago that bought some and, and um, wanted mostly females and I and they seemed happy with their orders. So um, I, I think I'm doing well on the sex scene, but I, I still am not, I'm not comfortable guaranteeing it. Let's put it that way. I think I'm doing okay, but I'm not comfortable guaranteeing it. So if you do order, no, I'll do my best, but no, it's a gamble. And I don't want to get in a situation where customers upset because they were wanted females. I did my best. They didn't get females. Like in three months, they all turned into males. Um, and now they're mad at me we don't want that situation. So don't order if that would happen. I, I don't want bad blood between me and my customers. But if you're willing to take a gamble, I will do my best. New Mexico Aquatics, my Odessa barbs have spawned. Boom. That is awesome. That's awesome. I pulled the adults out of the quarantine tank. A few days later, there were a few fry in the tank. Pretty good start. Thank you for the barb advice. Little Bobby. Awesome. I'm glad little Bobby. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, Good. That's an awesome start. <laughs> Scott Backer. Candy, did you not make the hashtag for Dan? It's not long and drawn out today. Yeah, Scott, you know me well. <laughs> uh, Hex Tank Apologist. How many six band barbs do you think I could house in a 20 long with 12 neon tetras? Um, like, okay. So there's a range there and it totally depends on how you keep fish, but provided that, um, that you're willing to change the water and all that. And the only limitation is the size of the tank. Then from a hobbyist standpoint, instead of like a retail store or something like that, um, I would say in a 20 long, how many 12 neon tetras? I mean, you could fit more than this, but I would think against 12 neon tetras, like maybe eight would, would be good. Um, if you got a, a, a whole bunch of them, then they're bigger than the neon tetras. And so they might kind of, it's not outcompete them or anything, but visually overtake them. So you, you would not really notice the neon tetras are there because of the activity and things of the barbs. But I would say eight or so. How many could you fit in a 20 gallon? I think I've got a hundred or so in a 40 gallon. So 50, I guess if you cut that in half, but you know, they're little long-term, I don't know. Depends on how you keep fish, but I would say eight's a good number, but you could fit more. If you're like, what's the limit? I have like a 3000 gallon sump on this 20 long. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't, I'd have to judge that by the behavior of the fish. Like if I put 20 in there and they were all swimming normally and happily, then I'd be like, it's 20. If I put 15 in there and they were, or 20 in there, I guess, and they were like 
obviously not shoaling. There wasn't enough room for them to group up enough and to swim naturally like they want to. Um, then I would be like, oh, 20 is too many, right? So I'd have to judge that by the behavior. And I've never like tried to cram the max into an aquarium. So I can't tell you what the max is, but I would say just thinking of that, I would say probably around eight is my gut of what would work well and look decent. So there have been studies on this, by the way. Um, one thing I learned from the, uh, the aquarium vet conference. Oh, I meant to plug that. The Aquarium Vet Conference is doing another conference. Someone let me know in the live stream a couple weeks ago. Thank you. I've forgotten who you were, but thank you. And I checked it out. There is another one. It's in early August, and it's specifically on fish parasites, their identification, I think, diagnosis and treatment. So that will be an awesome one. I, I just neglected to do my research and get the link up for you easily to share that, but um but it is happening and it's totally going to be worth checking out. It's like $64 Australian, which works out to, I don't know, what was it? $42, $44, something like that in US dollars. But that information is priceless. Um, figuring out how to understand parasites more. If you're a fish hobbyist and a geek and you plan to, to be for a while, and if you're here, I assume that's the case. Um, that's a steal for 40 something dollars to get that knowledge. Anyway, I was um, re-listening to some of the presentations as I was working about the fish room the other day and um, from the last conference they did. And hang on, my mind just, oh, they've done studies on this. There's a fish welfare module that's available to those that attended the conference that has presentations that were not included in the original conference. So if you did attend the conference and you haven't yet uh, gone to to take advantage of the rewatch uh, function because you think you got it all. There's a whole module there that wasn't included in the original conference. So it's worth, it's worth visiting. Anyway, there's a fish welfare module and they've done studies on zebra danios and they've found pretty much the ideal number to keep in those little, what is it? One and a half gallon zebra danio um, containers. And I think the number that they came down with was 19 per gallon. And they determined that, if I remember right, by studying cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone, is it a hormone, a stress chemical? I'm not sure what the definition of, of hormone is in that case, but a stress, yeah, I think it's a hormone. Um, and so they found that if they put too few zebra fish, this is just your common zebra danio that they use in scientific studies in labs and things, too few cortisol levels would be higher because there weren't enough to feel secure. Too high cortisol levels would be high because the fish could not group together and have room to swim naturally like they wanted to. But I think if I remember right, it was something like 19 per gallon was where the ideal cortisol level was measured. So that's what I say when it's like, how many can I fit in the tank? Well, you can fit a lot, but Ultimately, it's about are the fish comfortable and swimming naturally? If they're not, you probably have too many and there's just not enough space for them to do that. Um, or if they're not, maybe you have too few and they just don't feel comfortable. With barbs, it's a, a lot of it's about aggression. If you notice aggression in your barbs, you don't have enough. As a general rule, I'm sure there's exceptions, but that's a general rule. Anyway, um, sorry. Hex tank apologist, but uh, your comment just made me remember that study, which I thought was very interesting. 
And I'm going from memory here, guys. So um, I, I, I'm sure I got some details wrong, but it was a fascinating discussion. Someone's throwing money at me. Moonstone Aquatics. Hey, Moonstone. It's great to see you. Thanks for the information. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does help. And thanks for being you. I always enjoy you in the chats. Um, Mike. Stambaum, do you have a possible rainbow fish list coming in yet? Mike, I do have the list. Um, I, in fact, I've had the list for a long time and I've known what's coming in for a long time. Well, I've known what I ordered for a long time. I've known for a few weeks what's coming in. Well, okay. <laughs> How many caveats can I put on this answer? Um, I won't know for sure till they land, but I know what I was invoiced for. However, I'm not ready to share the list. Maybe. Yeah, I've been reluctant to share the list. And there's two reasons. One is because I don't want to get everyone's hopes up and then not have the import happen at all. I don't know. The the landing gear on the airplane stuck. Oh, great. You know, that's done. Or, um, or, hey, I was expecting this, but oh, they didn't send me the rainbows or half of them. Instead, they sent me, I don't know, tiger barbs or, or, you know, <laughs> Pearl Danios. I don't know. I've had many imports where a lot of the fish I expected did not arrive and they just threw in substitutes. So I don't want to post the list and have that happen. And the other thing, and this is so cowardly, but, and I don't usually operate like this, but this import so special to me that the other thing is I don't want to like say, here's what came in and everything. And then what if it's a disaster? I know it won't be, uh, this is just paranoia, but what if like half of them melt down on me and then I have to like report, hey, you know those amazing rainbows? Well, they all died. You know, I, oh, I just, so I'm not ready to share the list. There's a select few, um, you know, friends that I have shared the list with, but um, it's very few. It's and those are the two reasons. And I know the last one is stupid and, and it, it won't happen. It can't happen. But I have that fear in the back of my head, <laughs> to tell you the truth, just the <laughs> having to do that. And again, I normally never operate that way. But this one's so important to me, I guess, that um, I feel weird about it. So, Mike, I'm not ready to share the list. OK, I'll do this. I'll share like five of them. That'll be fair, right? I'll just, just a few of them. Okay. So, okay, it's a long list. There's like, oh, like over a thousand species on it. So let me get down to the rainbows, a couple thousand species. Wait, there we go. Oh, I should get to the invoice, what I'm actually getting in. Just a sec. Okay. Here it is. Um, so this is what I've been invoiced for. Again, keep in mind, I don't have any control of what actually arrives, but um, I'll give you a few. So, um, Bosmani, the Avis Creek location. Some pseudomugils that have not been named yet, but they're from Mamika. Um, pseudomugil 
Paludicola, which is a pseudomugil I've never seen before. Melanotania nigrans. Glossolepis pseudoincisis. That's a fairly common one. Melanotania, um, how do you say this? Soholensis from Soul Creek. And one more. Um, a Melanotania species from Fletcher Creek. I don't think it has a name yet. So to kind of wet your whistle, stuff like that. But again, I don't want to go over the whole whole list, but I can risk five for you, Mike. I know those are dumb reasons, but <laughs> they're my reasons. <laughs> okay, hang on, chat froze on me so i've got to pop it out again sorry guys it does this every now and then and i have no control over that part of it I, I as far as i know from everything i've tried that is totally on youtube's end when the chat just gets to the bottom and does not load anymore which is what happened um so i have to go back i close out chat reopen it get back into live chat and see how far up i can get now unfortunately this might mean that um, that I can't see stuff that was listed earlier, in which case, please repost your question or comment um, because I, I literally can't get up there to see it. So Chewy LTD is the first one I can see. I would not stress out if I was a zebra danio in the wild. I saw some footage of them schooling with some dwarf snakehead fry in their natural environment. Woo! That's risky. <laughs> it's kind of cool, though. New Mexico Aquatics. If I turn that same five-gallon quarantine tank into an Odessa spawning tank, uh, marbles on the bottom, floating plants, what sex ratio should I put in and how long? Thank you. Um, let's see. For barbs, I would go with two males to one female, generally. So heavy on the males. There's, there's a competition aspect and those males kind of fire up and that gets them more fired up to spawn. And so you generally have more luck if you have, say, two males to one female. Good ratio to shoot for. If you don't, you can do pairs. I mean, there's no hard and fast rule for that. Um, in nature, there's probably more females than males because the males are super colorful and get picked off by predators and things. But um, two to one in the aquarium is the general rule of thumb, I would say. Lumpy Dog Dan cannot confirm or deny anything about shipments of fishy things that have not happened yet. He's a big chicken. Yes, yes, indeed. Lumpy Dog is is my press secretary, and he knows me well. <laughs> uh, um, yes, I know. I know. I know it's dumb, but. I just don't know how to face you, you guys if I'm like, here's the awesome rainbows that are going to come, and then they don't come or or they all melt down or something. B-Start, removing unwanted small fish. Any tricks in a 100-gallon pond? Yes, fish traps. Where's my fish trap? Um, okay, fish traps are your friend. So with a net, it's going to be really hard, especially if there's – you know, green water or anything like that that you can get in a pond. These were like five bucks in my local ranch supply store. Oh, let's show it there. Um, 
they're a little dusty because I was not expecting to show them off, but they're super simple. Where's the camera? Um, they just click together like that. And then this pin pins the top together. And then you have a fish trap. The fish can swim in, but they can't swim out. So uh, do that. Maybe put some bait in it. I don't always find that necessary. The fish are curious enough that they'll often just swim into the trap without it. But um, that's the best way I know of to get them out. You're talking about small fish. Hopefully they're not so small that they'll fit through these holes. I'd say these holes are about a quarter inch um, on the long side, a little thinner, like quarter inch by an eighth of an inch, something like that. But um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the way to do it. That's how I catch small fish out of here because uh, like Odessa barbs and things like that, that I just can't catch in a big planted tank. There's just no way. So that's one way to do it. There is another way if you don't have a fish trap or can't get a fish trap. But again, they were seriously like five bucks in my ranch supply store. It's called Shipton's Big R here in Sheridan, Wyoming. You probably have a different one like Tractor Supply or something like that that might sell them. Um, or your sporting goods store. Um, often they're, they're sold like I don't know if Walmart would have them, but they might in like the fishing section because they're often used to uh, catch bait fish for fishing. But something else you can try is get as big as, uh, as big a net as you can, put it down in the water, put food on it until the fish learn to go there for food, and then one day feed them and just lift up the net. Uh, you won't get them all, but you'll get more that way than you will by trying to get fish in green water. So that's uh, beast heart. That's my best trick, and the fish tra the fish trap is what works uh, super well. Fish tank barn, the Indian rice fish that I got from you spawned the other day. I know, I saw that. I saw that, um, was it in a video or on a Facebook post or something? I thought I commented. I, I might have been lazy and just left a like, <laughs> depending on how much time I had that day. But that's awesome. I'm so glad that they uh, spawned for you. So I had some interesting development with those and with Celebes rainbows, which is I had a group of each and I had them in a, a in a tank out in the annex. So it's a 40 gallon breeder. There's just a box filter and a sponge filter in there and some sand on the bottom. But that's it. There's no spawning mops or anything um, sold off most of the rice fish. And so I moved them to another tank that had a few fish in it to kind of, you know, clear some tank space. I put the Corridor's Rabaudi in that tank. And the other day I was feeding the Rabaudi and I noticed all these little fry swimming around. So there's a whole bunch. Well, I think not a whole bunch. There's like eight. Um, now about quarter inch Indian rice fish fry swimming around in their old tank. And the, there's no mops or in there or anything. They must have just laid eggs in the spawning mop. Or I'm sorry. <laughs> there's no mops, but they used one in the sponge filter. Um, and the same with the Celebes rainbows. I have um, Brocus Splendens or is it Splend? Densis, I think it's Splendens, the Emerald Cory. It's not a Cory, but that's what it's called um, in there that I put in after I had the Celebes rainbows in there. And now I think there's eight little quarter inch fry at this point swimming around in there. Again, they must have just laid them in the spawning. <laughs> I said it again in the sponge filter or something because there was no spawning mop. But that's how easy it is to breed some of these fish. I didn't feed them any fry food. I didn't do a darn thing. All I did was like feed the quarries, um, like sinking carnivore pellets, sinking algae pellets, stuff like that. No baby brine shrimp, no crushed up flake food, nothing. And they're thriving. They're doing great. 
So that's one nice thing about some of these mop spawners that lay large eggs. Their babies are often well enough developed that um, you don't have to do a whole lot to raise a few. If you want to raise a large batch, then yeah, you have to target feed them and stuff. But yep. So I'm glad it happened for you too. I hope you get a ton. They're really neat in a big school. Their eyes glow like a lamp eye killifish, like a Norman's lamp eye or something like that. In fact, they used to be classified as killifish. It wasn't until a few decades ago that they separated rice fish from killifish, or maybe it's longer than a few decades. But at one point, they were killifish. Um, Chewy LTD, the zebra danias are friends with snakeheads. Actually, dwarf snakeheads are mollusk feeders. Oh, I didn't know that. I just imagined, I heard snakehead and imagined big mouths, sharp teeth, and zebra danio hanging with them. So they're molluscivores, huh? That's interesting to know. Dave's Aquarium Thoughts, throwing down $2. Hongsloy or McMaster, I breed in tap 7.5 pH water. Um, I have not personally bred Hongsloy, so I can't speak to that, but I've bred McMaster, I, and I would say you can breed McMaster, I these days if it's a, uh, not a fresh wild import, but one of the strains that's been bred on farms or bred by hobbyists and stuff for many generations, um, McMaster, I should breed for you just fine. Now, there's always exceptions, but in general, those longtime captive strains they're no longer um, relying so much on soft acidic water. Hongsloy, I haven't tried, but I bet it's the same story. Um, folks, if you've bred McMaster in Hongsloy in, uh, you know, 7.5 pH or something higher than neutral or acid, right? Uh, would you chime in and let Dave know? But Dave, I think you're going to be fine probably with both of them. Um, in McMaster, I, I haven't had much trouble with. Did I reach? I did it. I reached the bottom of the chat. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, hang on. Let me see if I missed some super chats. I did. There's one down there, I think, that I missed, and I can't. It won't let me see it. Who is that? So I can see Moonstones. Oh, I got it. It was Dave's Aquarium Thoughts. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Awesome. So, I am Sugar Hill. I didn't realize I could keep Scuds and Daphne together. That's great. One tank instead of two to grow out fish food. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be fine. Now, <laughs> I'll let you know in a couple months or a couple weeks, a few weeks. But if they lived, like at this point, again, I'm not seeing any Daphne. So, hopefully they didn't just crash. Um, and it could happen. They're a crustacean. And if the shock of putting them into my water was too much... It, it could it could wipe them out within a few hours. So hopefully in a few weeks, I can tell you what actually happened. But I think it's going to be fine. Just one more fish with Josh. Just got my first batch of koi angelfish fry. So excited. Woo! Awesome. Awesome. Josh, that's great news. I'm glad. I'm glad. I know you've been wanting that to happen. So glad that did. HC Aqua, I'm trying to breed McMaster I around 7.5 and it hasn't happened yet. Had them for a couple months already. Okay, so Jesse's not having luck with the McMaster I, but you know, pistols can take a while. It's kind of one of those things that it can take forever before they start. And then once they start, usually they're good to go. Nurse Beckus throwing down $2.99 with a thumbs up from a pair. 
How is it? I'm just curious. What meeting was it? I mean, he's cute. I love him to death. Don't get me wrong. And I appreciate the super chat. But I'm just curious, what meeting was it where the YouTube execs were sitting around with the development team going, we need a cute sticker for super chats. And they all got together and decided pears were the thing. You know, we need to do fruit. Okay. Odd. And of all the fruit, we need to do pears. Okay. Like, I love it. I'm just curious how they came to that decision. It seems so random. Was there like some big study done about what fruit do people find the least threatened by? The pear! You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, Josh Modeste, are steel blues harder to breed than other pistols? No, Josh, I haven't found them hard to breed at all. In fact, I'm not, I'm not trying to stop them to, from breeding, but they just breed all the time. I've probably every two weeks or so, I've got a brood of fry in here that are happening. Now, I will say it took, was it a year before they started breeding for me? Um, Bob Kaler spawned his, I think, before mine ever spawned. It might have been like a year before they started. But once they started, every couple weeks or so, there's there's a, she's, gar she's yellowed up and she's all mama bear. And there's this cloud of fry with her. So I don't think they're difficult at all. I haven't softened the water. Of course, I, caveat, I have naturally soft water here. I don't think Bob does, though. So I think Bob's probably just breeding them in normal tap water that isn't super soft. Um, Kayla's Aquatics, would you correct me if I'm wrong about that? Um, but no, I find them super, super easy. Scott Backer, and, and great parents, by the way. Scott Backer, congratulations twice in as many weeks. Yes, I know. I caught up to the chat twice. I, I never thought this could happen. Candy's got to be like mind blown. Easy hashtag for the giveaway and made it to the bottom of the chat. Now, that being said, I did have to reboot chat. So I might have, instead of actually catching up, I might have just accidentally, you know, skipped a whole bunch that I couldn't go up and see. That's probably more likely the case, but I'm calling it a win. Speaking of the giveaway with the short hashtag, if you're just joining us, um, the giveaway today is for a group of six hobbyists bred and raised by Seth at Because You're Fish, um, Orizius warori, that's the Daisy's Rice Fish. Probably the most colorful, one of the most colorful of the naturally occurring common species we have available in the, in the hobby with regularity. Um, the Madaka can be very colorful, but I'm talking like natural color instead of, you know, bread strains. Wow. Pugs, thanks, throwing down $4 and giving me and buying me a cup of coffee, I think is what that is. Awesome. Um, I actually don't do coffee because you'll, if you ever meet me in person, I just, my energy levels already too high, I guess. So if I drink coffee, then I'm like a chihuahua on jolt. Like chihuahua is already high strung. Give it a, <laughs> give it some jolt, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, um, but hot chocolate, I love hot chocolate, but yeah, coffee just wires me too much, but Thank you for buying me a coffee or I'll make it a hot chocolate. Nothing against it, but man, 
you don't want me with more energy, trust me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Pugs, thanks. Thanks again. That was a commentary on me, not on your generous super chat with the awesome sticker, which I appreciate. Um, Charlie Barton, do you think I could keep a pair of the rice fish in a four gallon with shrimp? I do. I actually do. Now, there's the caveat that I always give about shrimp, which is when shrimp molt, they are soft and tasty. So if the tank doesn't have hiding places and all that, then almost any fish will destroy almost any little like caridina or neocaridina type shrimp in the molt. So provided there's enough plants or like L. R. Bretz does little rock piles or hiding places for the shrimp. So during the molt, they can go hide away until their new shell hardens, then I'm sure they'll be okay. But I always like to give that caveat because I've literally seen freshly molted shrimp torn to bits by quarter inch fry. They weren't rice fish fry, but tiny little fry. Just one got a taste, got excited, all the others cued in on that. And it was just like, bink. And then suddenly, boom, like 200 fry just going to this poor thing. And as soon as I saw it, I like saw the little fish pick at it. And I didn't even think anything about it. Then I saw him like get excited and go again. And I was like, oh no, turned around, grabbed a net to try to get the shrimp out of the tank before it got hurt. Turned back to the tank, mob, done. <laughs> These were Florida flagfish. Um, Hex Tank Apologist, still one of the funniest names ever. Oh, <laughs> and I love the profile picture. <laughs> Are six band barbs plant safe? Yes, as far as I know. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with yes. I saw um, Mike Manji from What About Barbs. He runs a Facebook group called What About Barbs. One of the few like true dedicated barb hobbyists that I know of um, has a whole bunch of barbs in his fish room and a whole bunch of plants. And I, I remember seeing a lot of plants in his um, in his uh, banded barb tanks. And I don't remember if he had a uh, six banded or five banded, but the behavior's uh, kind of the same. Lance Takata, hey, how do you like my balcony tubs posted on your Facebook as instructed? Oh, I loved them. Did I not comment? I did see them on, on Facebook. Um, yeah, I love them. I, for those that haven't seen it, um, Lance got some rice fish and he did a video of them where he shows off his rice fish patio or his like, uh, I don't know if every tub has rice fish in it. It doesn't, but um, he's got all these little patio pots full of fish and tubs and stuff. And so it's really cool. It's really cool patio setup. So if you need inspiration for summer tubbing or patio pots or ponds or whatever you call it, um, check it out. It's on the Get Gills Facebook group. So um, yes, and Lance, if I did not comment or respond in some way, I'm sorry, I did see it and I thought I'd responded. <laughs> um, by the way, while talking about the Facebook group, I'd like to thank Michael Wentworth who mods that thing. Um, thank you so much and Disco Fish for her help with it. And um, I would also like to take an opportunity to thank my mods here on the live stream. Thank you all. I haven't done that yet. So thanks to those that mod the live stream every week. I appreciate you guys so much. It still blows my mind that every week there's people willing to come in and mod and make this a success. It's such an appreciated service. 
Okay, Dave's Aquarium Thoughts. My Scuds and Daphne. See, I bet all these are coming because chat actually cut off. So I, I don't think I can count this as a win. I don't think I got to the bottom of the chat. I think I, it just like deleted it. But I'm going to count it as a win anyway because I have so few of them. <laughs> Dave's Aquarium Thoughts. My Scud and Daphne have been thr- surviving together for me so far. And it's been about six months. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's going to work. In fact, I've done it before. If memory serves, it was a long time ago. I'm, this is, I'm getting to the point where I can't always trust my memories. I'm like, yeah, I did that. And then I think about it and I'm like, I think I did that. Did I really do that? But I, I think I did it before, but it was a long time ago. I can't, I don't know if my memory is remembering the details correctly. So I think it works for me great, but I'm doing it again. <laughs> Glad to hear that it's working for you. Gives me more hope, but I don't see why it wouldn't. Montana, Montana AIDS. What to do about possible micro, oh, I'm sorry. About possible microbacterium, pigment garami. You've had them for eight to 10 months. One recently developed a pinch bottom fin, then got a bubble, that bubble burst. Okay. The good news is, okay, I'm no veterinarian and I have absolutely no qualifications to talk about this and I shouldn't be talking about it. But what you just described does not look like microbacterium necessarily to me, a bubble that bursts. Um, Gouramis are quite susceptible to microbacterium. Pygmy gouramis may be less. In my experience, again, totally unqualified, right? But we don't have a lot of qualified people to talk to. So <laughs> you're stuck with me and a few other hobbyists who are willing to talk about it, even though we're unqualified. Um, what microbacterium is, is granulomas. So if you notice inside, like if you hold a fish up to a light and you see all these like um, rather large lumps inside the fish, that shouldn't be there, like in the muscle tissue and things like that, um, that's a good sign that there might be microbacterium. Sometimes those do come out and you see them on the surface of the fish. They'll they'll actually come out a little bit and they look kind of like a beige or white uh, coloration area. It might be a lump that protrudes. It might be just discoloration. Those are, those are granulomas. If you see that, if you see a granuloma, basically, and usually it's several, then, um, then if you can get the fish tested to confirm it's microbacterium, if there's a fish vet by you or, or something like that, and if you can't, oh, geez, I hate talking about this, but then the safe thing to do is probably be like, odds are it is microbacterium. Once you know what you're looking for, Okay, it'll take a little while, but once you know what you're looking for, if you see it, the, how do I talk about this? <laughs> Basically, that is now a dangerous tank because that stuff is so transmittable. It can wipe out a fish room. It can wipe out an entire like hobbyist city, <laughs> like all their tanks. If, if you're sharing fish around or fish clubs or whatever, that stuff is horrible. It's untreatable if it's microbacterium. There is no treatment. And also, it infects humans. So it's not something you can mess around with. You might 
be able to say, okay, it has that. I'm just going to isolate that tank completely and do some kind of procedure where there's no way that that can spread, some kind of protocol. And I'm going to wear gloves up to my elbows every time I work in that tank and never get the water on me or anything like that. Because if you have a little cut or something like that, it, it can in your or your immune system's compromised. Um, you can have you, it is transmittable. It's transferable to humans. So. You have to be super careful with that stuff. What I would recommend, and I hate saying it, is that you actually um, cull that entire tank and totally disinfect it. Um, I, I asked on the vet aquarium conference the methods they would use, and they said basically remove everything from the tank and destroy it, like all the substrate and everything, gone. Then take, um, you can bleach it out, let it dry rub it down really well with alcohol, let it dry, set it out in the sun for a couple days maybe. They didn't say that, but that's the next step I would do. They said uh, bleach and alcohol and let it dry for a while and then maybe it'll be safe to use. You don't mess around with microbacterium. It can infect people, right? So um, you kind of have to, when I see it, I call the tank. I just humanely dispatch the fish. I hate doing it, but I euthanize the fish. Um, had to do it actually a couple weeks ago. No, last week. An entire tank of honey gouramis. Um, I've had them for several months. It was obvious after I had them for a couple weeks that something was wrong. I never saw it in the gouramis, but I had lemon tetras in with the gouramis, and the lemon tetras have a translucent enough body that um, I noticed last week granulomas in those lemon tetras. Now, this, these lemon tetras I have in lots of different tanks. There was something wrong with the honey grommies, and this was the only tank where the lemon tetras had granulomas. So as soon as I saw that in the, in the lemon tetras, my deduction was that they had contracted the microbacterium from the honey grommies, and... Um, and I had to, I had to euthanize the tank. So microbacterium is just horrible. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. It's one of those things. It's very communicable, uh, very spreadable and it endangers humans. So, yep. Hate talking about it, but it's something we do need to be aware of and we do need to, um, be responsible about. Now I, I do want to say it wasn't the gold honey grommies if you bought honey grommies from me, I did not sell any of the ones that were having trouble. It was the standard natural color of the honey grommies. Um, in order I got of those, I never sold any of them because again, it was obvious to me during quarantine that, that something was wrong. I couldn't tell what it was, tried to treat them with all kinds of things. Of course, nothing worked because it ended up with a high probability that it was microbacterium. But so don't worry if you got honey grommies from me, um, gold honey grommies were not, as far as I know, did, did not have that problem. But honey grommies and rainbows are quite susceptible to it, or at least um, manifest the symptoms in such a way that we can see it more easily than other fish. Okay. Let's see here. HC Aqua says, I tend to have less Daphne in cultures that have scuds. That's good to know. That makes sense. There's only a certain amount of biomass you can have in any culture, no matter what it is. So that makes sense. Anyway, Montana, um, hopefully what you had wasn't that. And from your description, it doesn't seem like it was. 
was, but, but I don't know. I wasn't there to watch it, but just a little skinny and one little bubble that popped that doesn't scream granuloma to me, but I couldn't know without, without being there. Let's face it. I'm not a vet. I, I don't even know for sure when I am there, I just don't take a chance. Streetwise, $2. Maybe, maybe I got to the bottom of the chat. Is that what that means? <laughs> Thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does help. Wichita. Hey, good to see you, Wichita Falls. Um, it won't let me scroll down to, to read what you put, but thanks for the $5. I see a little, here, let me show you what I see. <laughs> so funny. I see a little, little head and something that says keep. I imagine it says keep going. Um, but once it lets me, I will, see, ah, sticks right there. Once it lets me, I'll, I'll read what you wrote. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for the super chat. Beast heart. Golden white cloud breeding tips, same as standard white clouds, really, which is keep them wet and they should go for you. Now, if you want to save babies, lots of plants will help. Often babies will just hatch in the tanks and appear. They're usually at the surface. Um, you look like little slivers with a little bit of kind of iridescence to them. And uh, you can catch them out and raise them if you want more numbers. You can separate the sexes, condition the females, put them together in a tank with, say, marbles in it or something, like your typical tetra or bar breeding little hobbyist type setup. And um, maybe a little java moss on top of the marbles just to have kind of a plant to attract the spawners. Put them in there, take them out, and odds are there's a lot of eggs down in, in those marbles. So... Those are some thoughts. The, the challenge with doing it in mass is that the babies are super small. And so green water or rotifers or paramecium are going to be your friend when you're trying to um, raise tiny little fry like that. The advantage of just kind of letting them appear in a planted tank and scooping them off is there's enough stuff in there that a few will survive and you can kind of get a nice colony going that way. You don't even have to remove them. If there's enough plants in there and you feed often enough, then uh, you get little babies that just grow up in the tank sometimes. So it depends on if you're going for mass spawns and I want to raise, you know, 3000 of these, or if you just want a few to appear in the colony to kind of increase a little bit as to how you do it. But if you want mass spawns, separate sexes, do the kind of marble trap type thing. Um, if not, just well-planted tank and feed good. I, I know that's a little general. I'm not sure exactly, Beast Heart, what your goal is, but that's to get you started. Egg scatterers for sure. New Mexico Aquatics, how long for a tree of Odessa barbs in a spawning tank? 24 hours, 48 hours, more? Thank you. Depends. Like, um, if it's a totally sterile tank and you're trying to get an immediate spawn, uh, 24 to 48 hours and then remove them. Hopefully they spawn by then. If it's kind of the Greg Sage style thing where you have this more kind of, I don't want to call it natural, but more permanent setup, then you don't necessarily have to remove them. You can keep them in there until they spawn. Uh, Mike Monji has a setup where there's a divided tank. Oh, check, check out that video. There's somewhere on my channel. There's a video, you know, this is good for, um, for beast heart as well, trying to breed stuff. So I have two videos on my channel from fish room tours. I made, um, while I was in Grand Rapids, Michigan, 
One is from Chase, who does all kinds of barbs and tetras and egg scatterers. The methods he uses for barbs and tetras will also work for your White Clouds Beast Heart and will also work for your Odessa Barbs uh, New Mexico Aquatics. So let me refer you to those videos. Watch them. Um, see if any of those pique your interest and you want to try any of those methods. There's just so much detail in there. It's, it's probably worth watching that rather than me talk about it here. Um, Mike has an amazing setup where there's a tank divided in half and there's a little bit of suction. So the fry um, are removed automatically from the parents in a more or less uh, permanent setup. Kind of, it's almost labor free. It's a little harder to set up, but once set up, it would be super easy to just keep parents in one side and let the fry grow up in the other, basically. So check those out, Beast Heart and New Mexico Aquatics. Let's start there. You probably, that'll probably answer a lot of the method questions. Um, Select Aquatics has a great video on how he breeds Odessa barbs. Um, it would almost work for white clouds if the, as long as the grate that separates the top and bottom layer of the aquarium, you'll understand what I'm talking about when you watch his video, um, is small enough that the white clouds can't get in there as well. Well, let's, let me refer you there because there's a lot of info there. Montana also started to have a bowed back. Oh, yeah, I hate that. Yep. I'm, I'm hoping, Montana, that you didn't actually have microbacterium. Hoping it was something else. Seen Fod Aquatics. Good to see you, Bob. Streetwise, I have never kept guppies, but I have washed guppies on the tube for 1.5 years. If I finally want to make space for live bears, what is the most agile live bearer? The most agile, um, maybe, what is it? Karatis, Karutis, the, the knife live bearer. Those guys can swim like crazy. And they're amazing jumpers. So if, if that's what you're looking for, maybe something like that. Um, I mean, agile means like quick, like they can turn on a dime and they can jump really accurately and things like that in my mind. So if that's what you're looking for, I would start there perhaps. Yeah, that's what pops into my head. Pug stinks. Thanks again for the coffee slash um, hot chocolate. Because goodness knows I don't need any more energy. Wichita Falls, there it is. Keep it up. All right, I see the sticker. Priscilla, $2. Not even close to the bottom. Oh, man. Eight more minutes. And I thought I was doing so good. Cyclist 23 $3 with a thumbs up. Thank you so much. And Priscilla, looking forward to seeing you this weekend. I hope it works out. I hope the plane takes off. Jeez. Big Yak, 35 $2. Throwing down a hey, you. Man, did I miss all these earlier or did these all just come in? Kaylee's Aquatics throwing down $19.99. I see, I think a lemon head with love, but I can't see everything. I just see like it's bald head, which how apropos is that? But um, thanks, Bob, for the super chat. I appreciate it. And I'll know more when I get down so I can see it completely. Sharon Miller, are you going to get the orange LeMay rice fish in again? I, I hope to. Everything's on hold, though, until this Indonesia order lands. So I can get more rice fish, um, but the orange LeMay. But basically, I put all orders on hold till this order lands this weekend. Then I'll get that all settled and put away and stuff. And once I do, I'll see how much tank space I have left. So if, if the entire order comes in, 
I'm not going to have much tank space left. But if I get shorted on some stuff or whatever, then then maybe I'll be able to do an order. But they are at the top of my list when I reorder to get more. So I do plan on doing it. I just have to ensure the space. Oh, I see it now. Thanks so much, Bob. Mm, back at you. <laughs> Nurse Beckus throwing down the Pippi Longstocking Cheerleader. Thank you so much, Nurse Beckus. With $9.99, uh, that sticker always makes me chuckle. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, I'd have to get psychoanalyzed, but I think it's hilarious. Harvey N., how many different kinds of rice fish are usually available to you nowadays? It's sporadic. I would say maybe three. Three or so, like, regularly. But sometimes there's a lot more, sometimes less. Um if this new supplier really works out and is everything I hope they are, and from the research and the discussions and things, I really think this is going to be a top-notch uh, supplier, and I plan to do business with them in the future uh, repeatedly if they prove to be what I think they are. Then, um, then I'll have several others as well, at least four or five more additional. Now, this is seasonal. It depends on where they're collecting and where they choose to go. You know, sometimes they get cool half beaks. Sometimes they get cool rice fish. Sometimes, you know, they go for other stuff. But, yeah. And it's usually like Indian rice fish, wawari, and, and madaka, um, but often just the wild strain madaka. Um, at least that's what they're sold as. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so far from the bottom, aren't I? And I I thought I was doing so well. Lumpy Dog, I wonder how many youngsters know what Jolt is. Yeah, it's Mountain Dew on steroids. Gary's Aquatics. Hey, buddy, how's it been going lately? Been busy cutting down trees in extreme heat. Love the stream tonight. Man, yeah, that sounds like a job. I chainsawed some stuff up uh, this last year. It's work. It's real work. Good to see you, man. Cichlids 23. Wait. So Florida flagfish will go ham on fry. I was about to get one for my algae issue. No, it was a um, it was a shrimp that molted. So the shrimp was in there for weeks. No problem. Then the shrimp molted. Big problem. And yeah, I think Florida flagfish will eat fry. In fact, I, almost any any fish would. Okay, chat jumped here. Let me get back to it. I have four minutes. Surely you meant microbacteria, not microbacteria. Are you talking about Rose Aquatics? What did I, what? Yeah, I mean, I meant microbacteria. I don't know what I said. <laughs> um, dang, I'm way behind. Oh, I was... I could have been a contender. Okay. Yeah, I caught up. Chat jumped. I mean, do my best to, to get through these. Um, another the Z. What's your opinion on the most recent strains of platies? Do you think they're less healthy and all that? I love platies and actually breed hundreds, all healthy, and I'd like to try new ones. So what I found with live bears, guppies, platies, sore tails, all of it, is not that the strains are unhealthy. It's that the suppliers have issues. They have something, some kind of parasite or something like that, depending on where you get them from, that uh, 
when the fish goes through the stress of shipping, it takes hold in a way that is detrimental to the fish. I don't think they're purposely selling sick fish. Like they probably look fine when they catch them at the point of export. So when the farmer catches them to send them to the exporter, they're probably just fine. However, that stress of that whole journey, uh, six or seven steps along the way before they finally get to you, um, makes it so the immune system's compromised and stuff manifests. What I've often found is if you get a strain that's imported and you can get some fry from it, separate those fry from the parents, usually the fry do great because you've separated from them from that pathogen. So I don't think it's the strain is weak. I think that there's pathogens, there's, there's stuff that's making them ill and you can raise fry away from that and you'll do much better. So it's a, that's a little different than a weak strain, which is more like weak genetics. Canada's Aquatics, haven't missed one yet. Cool. Are you talking about super chats? I haven't missed a super chat or I think so. Or maybe Kayla's Aquatics is saying he hasn't missed a live stream yet. Either way, thank you. Priscilla MK, did your clippers break? Busy Beard, man. Busy Beard is back with a vengeance. I've just been so busy. Okay. One minute. Let's see. Lance Takata, you very might have commented on that post. I just haven't checked lately. Okay, cool. Still working on water quality issues, high nitrates and TDS. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that goes okay for you. It's always uh, a bummer when you hit a mini cycle. Dan's Aquarium saying, hi, hello. Haven't forgot you, I promise. It's going to be a while, though. This big import's going to suck at least a couple weeks out of me. Big Yak 35, what's up? Good to see you. And Michael Wilson, got that one. <laughs> Dre Ben, 14, Eclipse Catfish Attack Juvenile Oscar. He's now missing an eye. I've been doing salt, dips, bath, frequent water changes. Any other suggestions to prevent infection? Um, I don't know so much about dips, but keep the water clean and put salt in there. Five grams per liter will help, but clean water is the best thing to prevent infection, and I hope it goes well for you. Sorry to hear that. I would have antibiotics on hand just in case, but I think it's good to see what happens with clean water first before just throwing antibiotics at them. It's 8.30 mountain time. That means I've got to close this down. So I'm going to do the giveaway here. But first, there is one super chat I missed from Just One More Fish with Josh. What's it say? Something over. Oh, game over. Yep. I think Josh is telling me it's time to end the stream. <laughs> Avery's fun times. What are you posting that had to be deleted? Let's not, let's not act up folks. Yep. The mods have the ban hammer and they know how to use it. Susan from SLC Aquatics. Susan, it's great to see you. Glad you're here. Throwing down $2.99. I saw you earlier too. I think in Bob Kaler's stream earlier today. Uh, good to see you. Got to close it down, guys. I'm sorry if you had a question or comment I couldn't get to. Um, that's just how we roll here. I I caught up once last week. At least I think I did. Um, apparently, I didn't catch up as well as I thought today. Um, let's do the giveaway. This is for six. Waware, the Daisy's Rice Fish from 
provided by Because You're Fish, which is a new store on Get Gills run by Seth. So thank you again, Seth, for providing the giveaway. My apologies to anyone who came here um, expecting Stare by Corey's. I accidentally posted the wrong thumbnail. Um, that's next week's giveaway. And I didn't realize I posted the wrong one um, and just done it wrong. This was the wrong week for that until uh, I think like two o'clock my time or something like that. So I changed it as soon as I saw it for several hours this morning. People were saying, seeing a stir by giveaway. That's next week. So sorry again if you came for that. I apologize. 176 eligible users. Let's do this. Which of you will win? It is Cat and Fish. Cat and Fish. You have a minute to let us know you're here and claim your winnings. Um, Congrats. Thanks for entering the giveaway. Thanks for being here. If you do win, please email me, dan at dansfish. Thank you, Candy Overholes, for posting that. And um, by midnight tonight would be great. Noon tomorrow's the cutoff. And I will get you in touch with Seth from Because You're Fish so you two can figure out shipping details and all that stuff. And thanks again to everyone who does this. It's always... It feels like, okay, you know, you know, it's a healthy community when people are like, yeah, I want to be involved. I want to do a giveaway. I want to, you know, that's just an awesome sign of a healthy system. So thanks for doing that. Cat and Fish is here. Awesome, Cat and Fish. Congratulations again on, on winning. And these are hobbyists born and bred by Seth himself. So they should be great. Um, you know, they aren't going through all the import stuff. So should be an awesome awesome pickup for you. All right, everybody. Thanks to my mods again. Appreciate you guys so much. Thanks to everyone that left a super chat. It's always appreciated. It's never required. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll get to every question and comment. I can, whether you super chat or not, but it, it makes a difference. So thank you. Everyone that left a question or comment. Thanks for making this lively. All you lurkers, lurker nation. I'm with you almost every day. And everyone on the replay, thanks for being here. Hope you can join us live someday. We'll do this again next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, Punchy Paints is going next at roughly in about uh, 26 minutes, about nine o'clock Mountain Time. Awesome stories, um, some uncouth humor, and uh, just a delightful lady. I'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody. Until then, I hope you have a good one. I hope this order comes. Oh, I hope next week I have a report and I'm like, it's amazing. Here's what happened. It all worked out, but I'll let you know. If you're in the Denver area, I would like to visit you. I'm going to be in Denver Friday and Saturday this weekend. So email me, dan at dancefish.com. If you have a fish room I could tour or you know of a cool store we can go visit together, I'd like to meet you. Um, all right. 